we shall instill into our sons and daughters and grandchildren the fact that the nation is waiting for their influence. Wow. So I'm looking to see what does Haiti need? What kind of voice must be heard in Haiti? What wow. kind of leadership? And how can my children and my children's children be part of the answer for that nation of Haiti that needs so much at this time? People try to put us to death. Hard is the new fun. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Welcome to the TLT Movement Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. In this episode, we have Dr. Patricia Morgan, the author of three books, The Mother of Four Children, and she has a lot of other accolades that I could not memorize, so I'm going to read off the back of her new book, Come Walk With Me, From Generation to Generation. She is an educational psychologist and specialist in education she is the former head of professional services at the leading child assessment center in the Caribbean and plenty, plenty more. Uh, most of all, she's a mother and an author. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. All right, Dr. Pat, so nice to have you on today. We had your husband on and it was one of my favorite episodes of all time. So I cannot wait to chat with you today. Yeah, well, uh, my husband and I have been um, living together for 57 years. Wow. Yeah, we'll have our 57th anniversary coming up at Christmas Eve. We have four children. They're grown. And um, I have, because I've had these children, I've had to think a certain way, live a certain kind of life, praying for these children, um, giving prophetic insights on their lives and um, always, always having to insist that the will of God be done in their lives and uh, to follow that up with active intervention because they are my children who must be brought up in the image and likeness of God. Mm, that yes. is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I see on this on the back of your book here, I'm, I'm quite impressed with the amount of boards that you've been on, colleges you've taught at, all of this. But would you say being a mother of your children is your highest accomplishment? I would say that that has been the greatest test of all of the resources that I have tried to acquire as a, an educational psychologist. And I've assessed many, many uh, children and young adults, adults in my years of professional life. And I've also taught, like, for example, at Oral Roberts University and many um, teachers' colleges and so on. But the real, I would say, when I stand before God, I will be able, I, I, I pray every day that, and I work every day at um, presenting to the Lord uh, seed, children of destiny, Mm. pursuing their purpose still, you know, fulfilling their assignments, living uh, in the image of God and having a dominion stamp on their lives, which means actually assuming leadership positions in their field of influence. Okay. So that's my, that's my major goal in life. Yes. That is beautiful. 
I know we live in a day and age right now where parenthood and the relationship with the child is not really celebrated. It's not taken seriously, I don't think, from what I see, at least here in the U.S. I know you're from Jamaica. I don't know if it's the same. Mm-hmm. But I feel, as a young man, that it is the most important thing that I'll do in my life. And I'm very excited to have as many kids as possible. And I love how there are people like you who are so passionate about educating others on how to raise not just a child, but a child who will grow up to be a leader and a person of influence. Yeah, that's that's the truth. I'm I'm happy that you have kind of gleaned that um, from some of the words that I've said. Um, the th- for example, we have given over the whole area of educating the next generation to the school system. Right. We have forced upon the the governments of nations. You must educate our children. So they do their best. I would say. They have this amount of money for a curriculum to be taught in a year. So these are the number of school days a year. This is how much they're going to pay their teachers. This is what you're going to be doing. Right. And they just impose upon upon in the, into the curriculum whatever they need. And the parents are just sitting back. In truth and in fact, the parents have been given the primary responsibility for the education of their children. Yes. And I, I have tried to do that. There's still a lot more to be done. Of course, I have five grandchildren. So, you know, the Bible says a good man, a good woman lays up an inheritance for their children's children. Mm. So we kind of have to look forward into the future and determine what does the world need. So therefore, what kind of children do I need to bring up? You know, like if I I can think I have some Haitian, three Haitian grandchildren. So I'm looking to see what does Haiti need? What kind of voice must be heard in Haiti? What kind of leadership? And how can my children and my children's children be part of the answer for that nation of Haiti that needs so much at this time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you're super intentional about this. Quite and unapologetically quite intentional. <laughs> and I urge parents to do it too. I, from the time of their birth, I mean, what does God say about my child, Isaiah or whatever? It's, you know, why did we give him that name? Um, what has God ever said about this child? What is his, the godly intention? Wow. Based on the needs, you know, um, I think that when Hannah, for example, the biblical uh, mother there, she was childless and she at one time looked upon what was happening in leadership of her nation, Israel at that time. And even in the um, synagogue, in the temple, well, sons weren't really behaving like if they were Eli's children, about whom God had said, that Eli, you'll always have a seed um, who will practice as a priest before me. And Hannah, childless, saw what was happening, and she asked God for a child. And she was given a baby, a baby, and she dedicated his life to the Lord. And that's how you have Samuel in the temple. Mm. And that mother, every single year, she sewed a priestly garment and took it into the temple, meaning I have devoted my child to the Lord's service. And she uh, lived to see, if you wish, and, and the nation was able to benefit from the life of her son as a priest and as a judge over Israel for 40 years. So that is how 
you say I'm intentional, but God is more intentional. Wow. Yeah. He says, I will build cities. I want to shape nations, but I want the seed of my children, my people to inherit or to be people of influence over cities, over nations. So part of my responsibility, therefore, becomes raising children of destiny, destined to do as God has assigned each person to do. And also I've just written another manuscript called How to Raise Children of Dominion, meaning we shall instill into our sons and daughters and grandchildren the fact that the nation is waiting for their influence. Wow. Different areas of influence, depending on the gifts that they have been given. But my father is king. I'm a child of a king. I know I can lead in my nation. I feel that I love the poor of my nation. This is the kind of thing we want our children to learn so they become responsible for the nations. That is so beautiful, but just a little pushback. I mm -hmm. feel like it is mm -hmm. maybe... Um, my thought when, when you were talking was it's like hyper unrealistic but then you kind of you redeemed it with saying it's it's the god's gift that you want your child to harness and grow and so i know what you're saying but i feel like there's a lot of parents out there that wish for their child to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever and they force this upon their child and they have this whole plan for their kid of being a football star or whatever it is mm -hmm. the kid goes and does it because they want to adhere to what the parent wants and then they end up not liking it and they go this isn't my calling yeah. i don't want to do this this is what my parents wanted me to do yes and they end up resenting their parents or they have to start kind of from scratch of finding out like what is something that i want to do so how does a parent while raising their child expect greatness out of them but at the same time giving them that room to figure out what their god-given purpose mm -hmm. is you know the the, the prototype of uh, um, this kind of child you're thinking about and this type of parent is uh, the prototype is Jesus Christ. Mm. Like when, when the angel approached Mary and said, Are you, I'm ha I have a proposition for you. Are you willing to raise a, a son? The one who, about whom it was prophesied that he was to be the Messiah. You know, and uh, she heard the proposition that God makes. And God makes propositions to every woman. Are you willing to have a child? who would become um, what I have ordained before his formation in your womb, who I have ordained that child to be, you know. And I think that um, back to the prototype that Jesus was, um, Mary and Joseph, his father, uh, brought him up and taught him. When he was taken to the temple, the prophets there said, this is the child we have been waiting for. So there are prophetic words spoken. Mm. Jesus Christ himself was taught all the prophetic words spoken about him in the Messianic Psalms and so on. And he, he, he looked around the, the city, that this village that he was brought up in, and he saw the lawlessness of the people. And, and, and his parents would have taught him, no, you were born for such a time as this. You know, you are born. And, and he knew the Messianic hope of his people. He was taught that at 12 he was, his parents found him in the temple, discussing with the teachers there. And, and, and he says, I'm about my father's business. What, you've been looking for me? I've been about my father's business. And he was 12, you know. So this, I'm talking, you asking 
you know, what? how do parents not make a mistake? Like, my father was a lawyer. I want my grandchild to be a lawyer. Yeah, it like is quite likely. Yeah, force that upon them, right. Yeah, it's quite likely because of the nurturing and nurturing of parents. But if, if at the dinner table, the grandfather, who was the lawyer, always talked about lawlessness and, and the right of law and the good thing about having biblical law, you know, ruling in a village, in a nation, in a city, it's likely that that grandson will be nurtured in that way. So mm. nurturing is important. But as I was saying about Jesus Christ, and for my own four children and the grandchildren, you kind of look for, you listen for blessings on the child. You look at the child's dominion spirit. You look at the child's acts of mercy towards others. He has such a soft spirit. I heard of a child yesterday, only yesterday, that he was uh, such a difficult situation. He's adopted. And, and he's so angry. And, uh, but every now and then, you can see the gift of priestly responsibility in him. Like he, he'll take an old man and walk him down the street for a walk very tenderly. And you can look and discern in that boy who is still angry because of his past life. But he has a gift of a, a young priest. Mm. He has a gift of mercy and compassion. So parents, we have to look for those gifts of mercy and compassion in our children. We've got to look for the son, the daughter who always uh, looks to lead. Oh, mommy, I know, mommy, you, you shouldn't be driving so fast. You know, we are told, so and the child will tell the parent. So you kind of, parents can very well discern giftedness or areas of influence that each child mm. has. Like I knew my three sons, one was prophetic, one was priestly, one was dominion oriented. What do you mean when you say dominion? When I say dominion, I mean, I go back to Genesis chapter one. A lot of the way I think it has been, is based on Genesis one where we see in Genesis 1, God, Elohim, out of his agreement, God made the heavens and the earth, and then when he looked on the earth, it was void, and there was darkness on the earth. So the earth that he was seeing needed restoration. So we're looking at God's movements and what he does. He made, in verse 11 of Genesis 1, he, made a, 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 he set a generational principle. There will be a fruit with seed. The seed will reproduce after its own kind, absolutely always after its own kind. So the, the principle of, uh, of generational blessings and so was instilled there. And then by the time God sets thing, the stars in place and first day, second day, order and harmony, God is restoring the earth. And then by verse 26, the God says, no, let me, I, I have been doing this restoration work, but I'm going to reproduce a man in my own image and likeness and I'm going to give him dominion, meaning a spirit of leadership mm. to subdue everything else that he had already created. You know, and he's, God thought of it in verse 26 of Genesis 1. In verse 27, he did it. And in verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said, Reproduce and have dominion. So the dominion gift is the thing that is reproduced after the image of God, a leadership quality, a sense of stewardship over everything else that God has created mm. and a, a spirit where, as God was doing in those first verses of Genesis 1, was restoring. And he's still restoring cities and nations and, and um, professions. He's still restoring the earth. So my blessing now is for you and other sons and daughters 
who will know that God has given me responsibility over this area. I know I can do it. I'm a child of a king. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. I have this. But the enemy will therefore try to destroy the spirit of dominion. Often when you see a, a young person, a child, teenager, man, young woman, um, behaving a certain way, if you look closely, you'll notice that they are weak on the inside. They feel they can't succeed. And a lot of those characteristics are linked to the gift of dominion. So mm. part of our, you talked about intentionally doing things. Our intentional activity should be, along with reproducing in our children the image of God, the likeness of God, also the gift of dominion. You know, whereas where from that gift a child can say, I know I can make this world a better place. I know I can have the best this and that, you know. So that's what I'm talking about because that's God's God is He's God is King and ruler and Lord. He's governor of the earth and He has reproduced us in His own image and likeness. So this is what I I am determined that um, I'll bless my grandchildren too, so that they have responsibility. They and they know that the dominion thing says, yeah, I am born to lead. I'm born to rule. You know, and as it's a natural, it becomes natural to, to want to instill life and hope and, you know, um, intentionally fulfilling the assigned purpose for each person in their area of influence. That brings me a lot of peace and optimism because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of stories of parents instilling insecurities in their yes. child. But knowing that I, as a, as a parent, will have the ability to instill confidence, instill a sense of purpose and being and leadership into my kid. That is very, very exciting. Uh, Yes, and intentional, to use your word. For example, I'm a special educator, an educational psychologist, and so we know, and a lot of the parents listening to me perhaps also know, and the teachers, that there is such a thing called the IEP, the Individualized Education Plan, which is... If you have, um, if there's a child who may be gifted but learning disabled, has challenges with spelling or writing and so forth, you design a particular determined plan for that child. It's called an individualized education plan. Mm. And that plan follows the child through primary school, secondary, and into university. And, um, but along with that, you can have what I have designed called an individualized purpose plan which mm-hmm. is the parents said when this child was born, he had a certain spirit about him. He knew, he knew to fight for things. He'd always want to acquire things. And then I noticed somebody came by th- our church and said a blessing on this child. And th- he said that my child is going to be a leader. So I wrote that down as well. And then my child walks and talks like if he owns the world. So I write that down. <laughs> and it's part of the individualized purpose plan. Wow. You know, and then when the child goes to school, you take that plan to the school teacher because the teacher doesn't know. The teachers don't know. If they're sharp, like if I get to educate those teachers, they'll be able to discern giftedness mm. in particular areas, weaknesses, and strengths in, in the children in the classroom. You know, And so the, the education plan, you should have a cumulative file that also said what is the individualized purpose plan. So you actively work at purpose fulfillment. As I said a while ago, 
the prototype is Jesus Christ. He, his life, he knew. He says, I must needs go up to Jerusalem that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He, knew, he walked intentionally towards his death and resurrection. Wow. You know, and he accepted it all and he knew he was born to free the world and to lead. This is the kind of child we, we want to educate. I love it. You know what? I, I, I have to compliment you. I admire you and your husband so much because you, ha- you are the physical embodiment of my lifelong goal, and that is to think in Bible. I can tell that you both filter everything in your life through the word, and that is very admirable and inspiring. Well, thank you for saying that. Yes. And um, As I said, I just handed a book to the editor on how to raise children of dominion, and I actively went through and had to back up everything I wrote with scriptures. Yes, <laughs> you know, with the yes. truth. With the truth. I love it. So, man, oh, this is just so... It makes me so much more excited to have kids. What I, I've, I've, I've noticed a little bit of a trend with people my age, and I don't know if it's every generation that goes through this phase or if it's just the current mindset of my generation, but I... When I talk to a lot of people my age, they don't want to have kids. They're not excited to have kids. And if they are wanting to have kids in the future, it's in the future, far future, because they're a liability. They are a uh, expensive. They're life-ruining because yes. I want to live my life, and they're going to take away from that. I view it completely opposite. What do you tell people that view children in this way mm. but you know the um reason for that kind of thinking of among young adults who are able to have children and they, they put it off for the future or it's just what we have presented to the next at my age i can say what have i presented to the 29 year old young adult what kind of world is being presented mm. you know how will my children survive with climate crisis that we have what kind of, of america am i giving to the children so there's been a lot of negative um, factors factored into why parents would think the way they think. Plus, there's a lie that's told to us. The very parents who should reproduce after their own kind are saying, well, I, I don't think I want to have any children. That's, that is so deceptive, and it is brought by the enemy. There are many people of different races, and I, I can tell you of... Um, if I may say so, for example, in an Arab family or, you know, different kinds of races, they think differently. And they know that their wealth is tied up in their children. So they have a dozen children. And then they have a, uh, an inheritance for them and they plan for an inheritance for them. And they, they have a dozen children and they, you know, and so they're spreading their influence mm. for good or for evil, you know. But we need to learn something from them. Instead of because of planned parenthood that happened when... Uh, 60 years ago when I was just having my children, my fourth child was born during Planned Parenthood. When the billboards on the streets would say, two is better than too many. Two are better than too many, meaning only have two. Stop. He was number four. When he read it, he says, should I have been born? And I'll have you know that that child now has, um, he's a businessman in Jamaica, he has um, business there. He has a church there. Um, it's called Go For God Family Church. He influences uh, a lot of the people, if I may say so. He influences influencers. 
those are the people who come to his, his ministry. Those are the ones. He is, the, he is gifted for this purpose, you know. His and, life um, matters. Yeah. His, and his life is not, it's the same child I'm talking about who was wondering why am I born? My, did my mother really mean to have me? Was, was I a mistake? Mm. So I, I would love to teach and teach p- people like you. Have children. Reproduce. Yeah. Your children are your dominion. You reproduce, you're going to find that yourself getting property for these kids. You know, you're going to say, I have, I have five sons, I have to buy five pieces of property. If you only have one child or none, you will never think of, I've got to open another bill, another business. Right. I know some, some Lebanese people in, in Jamaica. They have their businesses and they have this son-in-law coming in. So they buy another, they open another furniture business in another village and it makes making money. And they give that to the young man who wants to marry their daughter. And so they are just increasing their legacy, increasing their influence. Wow. You know? So, but we don't think that way. We, because we are just selfish and we've been taught to just minimize everything. I, I, I wish we had a more ourselves a spirit of dominion so we can want to influence um, governance. So we want to influence everything around us and then have children and teach them how to do it too. You know, the world, well, all I do actually is follow the prayer of Jesus Christ. May thy kingdom come. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything I do or say has an underlying motivation, which is the kingdoms of this earth have to become the kingdoms of my God and of his Christ. So I shall teach my sons and my grandsons, and I shall teach young men and young women who they are born to rule. I, am, I have perfected the art. <laughs> I have something called a dominion index. So I can, I can test how much dominion ability you have. I can, I can look at a young man. I, I, three young men came in this house today, and I looked at them. I was just not looking to see, oh, how attractive, or how tall and handsome this one is, oh, wow. I'm looking to see the dom- dominion index. What mm. are the indicators that they are walking in strength and in the power given by God to shine like bright lights in their area of influence. You know, a, a young man of influence yesterday told me, well, I'm in the real estate business and I've just started a landscaping business. And his wife said, and he's doing well. In other words, he's making money. So he's just becoming who he, he is. And, and it's beautiful to look at that. So I, 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 I love it. I love the fact of, um, I also have a wisdom scale that I do, I use to test wisdom. You know, do, does this child make, does this young man make mistakes? And does he make decisions based on well-learned biblical principles? Mm. You know, that is the whole thing about wisdom. So it's, um, we want to teach parents. I'm not only trying to influence children and young adults and so forth, but I am also, my books are like, my, the last book is like a manual for parents so they will know what to look for. And they themselves, I know that some of them will read it and they have a poor dominion, low dominion index, you know. So you, I try to influence. And I'm also hoping that we'll begin a whole broad association of parents and dominion parents so we can chat about it <laughs> and determine how we're going to shape this nation and other nations. And our sons and daughters will sit in places of influence, wherever that place is, you know. And, and with biblical principles 
and I am praying that uh, people like the ones that you go, you are in currently, that they will become so influential in what they teach, that we'll have a good group of parents and leaders and and donors who will donate, you know, to this whole cause of educating children of destiny and dominion. Yeah. This I've never thought about kids like this. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about it like this. I'm I'm I'm. I'm Openly. Well, I have been looking at you as a matter of fact, and I've been saying, hmm, you can never be without seed. In other words, God, it is God's will that good men reproduce after their own kind. That's a biblical principle, mm. that you reproduce after your own kind, that your fine mind, the way you think, the way you process ideas, your, your sincere kind of uh, underlying dominion ability, you know, your use of words, very excellent use of words. It's, I see no reason why God not, would not want you to reproduce after your own kind. You know, um, you've been around me for like three or four days. I've seen your willingness, your honoring of the old, older persons around you, your honor. God is going to bless you with a long life. God is going to bless you and fulfill the desires of your heart. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I, I believe it. I, and then I, I only want to... have some curly hair like you and <laughs> maybe a little mixed, you know? <laughs> I, I felt for a long time yes. now that I am destined to have many, many kids. I've been saying this since I was like 12. Really? Weird. But something that God has placed in my heart and that means a lot to me that that you're able to see me. Yes. And you see biological that in me. kids, and then there's a way of multiplying that as you influence. Yes. Other people's children, you know, and God will give you long life to influence your grandchildren. Wow. You know, the, uh, may I bless you with the blessing of Abraham? Please. One 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 day it says in the word that um, the angel appeared, someone in an angelic kind of image appeared to Abraham and. And um, he, Abraham himself was at a pivotal point in his life, you know, looking at the future, what the future was to be. And then he, was, he, he got a divine proposition, you know, a simple proposition where the angel said, come outside with me. And, and he said, can you count the stars? Can you look up in the heavens? Can you count the stars? And, and if, if I take you to the sand of the beaches in, in, in beautiful um, Montego Bay, Jamaica, can you count the sand and the seashore? And you know what? You know what Abraham said? Yes, he didn't. He didn't, you know, hesitate at all. And God said, because you can, a man that can say, "I want a lot of children. I can count stars." Yes, I can count stars. God says, "I'm gonna cause you to have seed, and more seed, seed, and through your generations, the families of the earth will be blessed." Mm. Ishmael sons, and I'm telling you this, Isaac's sons, and all that came out of those sons, you know, the Christianity and Judaism and, and the Muslim faith, all of those sons will make up the families of God. Mm. And, and, uh, and if you are persistent enough in your love for God, God will bless you so that families of the earth will be blessed through you, and you will live to see all of Abraham's sons. Wow. Having the genealogy of Abraham and the genealogy of God himself, the image and likeness of God 
that your sons and your daughters will be blessed. I say sons, but I we also include daughters, yeah. you know. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> this, is, uh-huh. this is awesome. If you can understand, therefore, the life that study the life of Abraham, may God give you a love for nations. May God cause you to be optimistic. Never let anybody tell you you can't. Like people stutter. Can you count the stars? Or what do you expect me to count those stars? Don't have that attitude. I bless you with an attitude of optimism based on the many, many uh, promises that God has given and the modus operandi of the God in whose image you are made. God, by reason of his holiness and his largeness and his first prime, everything about him, and the fact that he's eternity, eternal and has to live or has to have people in time. God has to be generational. He has to be, think big. He has to think big. So this is what I'm blessing you with. To think like your God thinks. With a sense of responsibility for all of this that he has created. With a sense of responsibility and optimism that the earth shall be restored. Mm. All generations shall praise God. Amen. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. That is optimism to the highest degree and it is if we may again repeat it is god that is the person of god when in the in the beginning god created that god father son and holy spirit elohim he created and he never creates evil he creates good and he never creates something that stops with time it goes on until eternity what an enormous blessing you are being blessed with I wonder why, you know, I can see in your spirit, I can see in your square shoulders, you're squaring your shoulders even more. <laughs> that God will say, uh-huh, I can really bless this one with the spirit of Abraham. I only wish to pass on the, if I may honor my ancestors and parents, they've laid a fabulous, fantastic foundation for me to a degree where I reflect back on my education and everything that I've brought into my adulthood, my daily thoughts are from my parents and grandparents, not my school. I was there for eight hours a day, but everything that I practice in the, in right now, I, I used to f- film my papa when he was still alive. And I would, I would ask him about words of wisdom, experiences, all of this. And I review those now that he's gone. And he says things that I think every single day. I didn't. I thought they were my own thoughts, wow. but they're passed down you from him. them. Yes, and I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for this upbringing and for this education that I I wish to pass it on. Yes, that's that's you know we say that you are born in the image and likeness of God, but God, if you wish, I've never said this at all. Like He heavily depends on the on the mo, the modus operandi that He instilled in Genesis. That parents are to reproduce, you know, after their own kind. And this is what you're alluding to. You're saying that the things that your parents taught you, that is what has shaped your mind. And the kind of influences that you're placing yourself under now, that is supreme. That is going to make you truly Abraham, Abrahamic in your posture <laughs> and in what you produce. Abraham is noted. Abraham, I think, had a sense of optimism about the world, you know? I, I can't, I, I, I'm, 
amazed that God will bless you with that blessing today because um, that is how God is and how he thinks. He just wanted to know, if I ask him, can he count the stars, will he say yes or will he say no? Uh, you will say yes, you know, you've said yes. And um, God says, I, can, I, can, I need this kind of person to really optimize my image and likeness on the earth and to reproduce generously through everything you do. You, you may have 12 bi biological children, but you may have 12,000 by the books you will write, by sure. the words that you will say and teach. And um, we, we started off talking earlier today that um, we have given so much responsibility to the world to educate our children. Then we complain about what the public schools are teaching them. But we, what, is, what are we doing? You know, so um, it's all about following the path that God created for us in Genesis 1, restoring the earth, kingdom come, will be done on earth, reproducing after our own kind, children, next generation, our, our own um, contemporaries in the image and likeness of God, understanding the law word of God, the, the importance of succession and inheritance. Some people don't care. If, the, if, if what even the property that they have now is passed on to the next, uh, they don't care, you know. So God wants all of that. And um, let us just say that he has seen that you're a fit person to have that kind of blessing. Well, thank you so and much yeah. for, I know, wow. it's, it's such a blessing that you're able to listen and be able to reciprocate what, what you've heard. That is a beautiful gift that you have that I'm sure you've heard a bunch of times. But this has blessed me greatly. And I thank God for this conversation. And um, Sometimes God surprises us. Often he does it. He has a habit yeah. of surprising <laughs> <has> us <laughs> with joy. <laughs> yeah, Love it. Well, I think this is a great spot to end. I want to leave the audience with... Um, a message: Don't believe the lies that there are that the Earth is overpopulated. There's ah. too many people. That we're a cancer on this Earth. We are going to bring forth and are bringing forth the kingdom of God, and be pro-human. Have babies. <laughs> Pass along the wisdom. Be intentional. God will provide. And before we end it off, how can somebody um, find and purchase and read your literature? Yes, we are ensuring that these books are available. There's another one called The Cry of the Children. There's another one called How to Raise Children of Destiny. Mm. And soon we'll have uh, reproduced, uh, uh, published, How to Raise Children of the Minion. We are going to make them available in, in Heartprint. And uh, um, are working also at getting them on Amazon and Kindle. So if they keep in touch with you, You'll have all the information. Excellent. And when, when and where the books are available. All right. So and more coming up. So we'll get those links from you and put them yes. in the description below. If you are interested, if this sparked some interest in you to raise your child with more intention, please check out the links below and learn. Thank you, Dr. Pat. This has been a fabulous conversation. This is a wonderful Asian. experience for me as well. Thank you.